found spattered with blood, wearing a wedding gown, next to the body of her husband, her eyes wide open, rigid, but with warmth and color in her body. They waited for two years before they decided to bury her, but they never managed to take the dagger away from her hand. Hey guys, welcome back to Spooky Tuesday, a weekly podcast where we're breaking down all of our favorite slashers, thrillers, monster movies, and black comedies on the new scariest day of the week. I'm Sydney Thompson. I'm Monica Height. And I'm Chelsea Duff. Okay, so this week we are discussing a tongue twister of a old movie. And that is called The Blood Spattered Bride. It is from 1972. It is a Spanish film that probably most people have not seen. I know this is the first time any of us had watched it and the only reason we even heard of it that it exists is because our lovely Chelsea Duff was looking for big gay horror movie big gay I love big. optional homework so I I did some googling when we were talking about doing a full pride month of actually gay films um and I found this one and I mean if people are really into the Carmilla stories they might know about this um and I know that I tend to be like the scariest movie you've never heard of when I write our episode descriptions. And then sometimes those movies turns out are just ones that I haven't heard of, but everybody else had. Um, <laughs> but this is one that I've never even seen anybody talk about. So, I mean, maybe people, maybe we will be sharing this for the first time with a lot of people, which is kind of fun. Okay. So if you are like us and have never heard or seen or have literally no fucking clue what this movie is about because <laughs> honestly some of us might also not know still not know what it is yeah, about no I've I've watched it and I would love I can't wait for you to explain it to me <laughs> <laughs> so newlywed Susan is haunted by visions of Mercala Karnstein a centuries-old bride who murdered her husband on their wedding night dun 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 that's a great setup it's a great setup (laughs) thank you imdb really does a lot of heavy lifting for us oh so you didn't write that oh no i got it from imdb thanks for clarifying (laughs) (laughs) um okay so where do we even start with this one i mean they kind of just throw you into it and uh very vibey from the (laughs) get-go I think we need to start with the first thing that you see when you when the film starts is just fake blood pouring down the screen a little bit and then immediately is your favorite movie I think probably right there's so much fake blood and it's like the good like cheesy but like still incredibly gory like 70s fake blood which is just Mm. chef's kiss but they don't do it like they used to they don't (laughs) and this film opens with a quote from plato Mm. which love to get philosophical art kind (laughs) of random but sure and it and it reads 
The good ones are those who are content to dream what the wicked actually practice. Which I really liked before I watched this movie. I was like, great opening quote, how fascinating. And then after the movie, I'm a little bit like, fuck off. Um, (laughs) Can you read the quote again for us that did not grasp it at first? (laughs) So it reads... The good ones are those who are content to dream what the wicked actually practice. Basically, it Mm. says, as long as you don't actually do the bad things that you think about, you're still a good person. Um, But I would argue within the context of this movie, some people who are possibly being condemned for doing the bad things that they dreamt about should be allowed to do those bad things i would this have is to another really good for you. her movies yeah good for <laughs> them movie yes good for them Let good them for it. them <laughs> yeah okay so my immediate first thought about this movie um was that i wish i could have gotten married in the 70s because that is like such a gorgeous type of wedding dress to have <laughs> and you know they're they probably had like a small wedding it wasn't like a big wedding they probably just like were in like some house and then we're just like let's skedaddle and head to a hotel because <laughs> I'm ready for the honeymoon picture this if you guys are on twitter and maybe you are, but you don't follow the same people as me. So maybe you haven't seen this, but everyone on Twitter that I've seen recently is obsessed with the concept of the conversation pit, which was a architectural design thing in like the sixties and seventies where there was just in your living room, there were like stairs down into a pit where all the couches were. And you just sat there in the conversation pit. I'm sunk in living room. Mm -hmm. A sunken living room, but also the conversation pit. I'm picturing (laughs) everyone is in the room surrounding them and they're in the conversation pit. And it's the 70s, like the most 70s, like groovy fucking shit you've ever seen. And that's what I picture for their wedding. Wish we could have seen it with our own eyes. (laughs) Well, here's the thing about that. Um, The movie never would have been able to show us their wedding with our own eyes because it would have potentially answered a lot of questions that I have about this couple. (laughs) And also it possibly would have told us the husband's name, which we literally never learned throughout the entire film. And I didn't know Susan is our lovely bride. I didn't know her name for a long time. And then finally he said it at one point and I was like, oh, it's Susan. And I like went back to my note taking. I got almost to the end of the movie and I was like, okay, I still don't know the guy's name. I'm just going to look it up at this point because if I keep calling him the man, there are now several men in this movie. (laughs) It's not going to be clear who I'm talking about. I went to IMDb. He's literally just credited as husband. No name. No name. Honestly, so feminist. (laughs) A little bit. I'm on board with that. I'll support that. Also, like, like spoiler alert he's a fucking dick so I don't want to know his fucking name I hate him <laughs> well right but like there's a whole thing where the lore we learn later the lore of uh Mercala like how she killed her husband on their wedding night because he ha- was having her do you know out, you know what unspeakable what things. unspeakable things unspeakable things and so she killed him and i think we can kind of see parallels in 
the husband and Susan where Mm -hmm. he, you know, there's all these red flags of him being a sadist and just like freak, (laughs) chill homie. (laughs) Extremely. Yes. But also I have a lot of questions. Um, so the, the setup of the movie is we see Susan and husband arrive at the hotel for their honeymoon suite adventure. And Susan is sent up to the hotel alone. And then immediately a man with pantyhose over his head breaks in and like throws her down on the bed and tears her. Well, he's, he doesn't break in. He was like hiding in the closet. He yeah. throws her down on the bed, tears open her dress. Immediately she's full naked underneath. And, and it's this weird terrifying moment he like strangles her and then it's as though nothing has happened husband who i'm pretty sure is the guy wearing the pantyhose who popped out of the closet like just walks in and she's just sitting there in her untorn dress being like i don't like it here like we get all of these weird fantasy moments maybe that make it a little hard for me to tell when something is the reality of the movie and when it's something that Susan is imagining yeah there are a couple of them and it's hard for me to to dice exactly which one is which sometimes and I think that's intentional because you're supposed to kind of doubt her narrative too because what I realized halfway through this movie was that it's not a cool movie about a lady who finds out she is married to an asshole and then falls in love with a sexy blonde and (laughs) tries to kill him it's not that it's definitely they're bad bad girls and he's the good guy which is not how I felt but at all <laughs> I don't think that's true either one I I think the uh rape fantasy scene kind of a little bit fantasy only in the in the sense that it's, it's not like real. a dream you know what I mean like yeah. it's not actually real it's not her um, fantasy no but I think it's her being scared of her wedding night like it's her like dreaming like this is what's going to happen to me and sees it because we learn later like she is a virgin she is and we don't know how young she is too he lit the husband literally says she's a child a child yes which you don't marry somebody if you consider them a child but also i have a different theory about that scene They also, he also said that like, they've known each other for like so long since they were kids. At one point, I remember them saying something like that. So I was just like, is this like some fucking Lolita shit? Like I am very, very (laughs) upset. Yeah. It's really not clear. We, we truly never see any other super relevant people in this movie other than (laughs) uh, Mercala herself. Um, it is definitely very ambiguous, but yeah, he calls her a child. And then someone says to him, you've known her family since you were a child, but they don't really parse the Mm. age difference between them. If he met her as a child or, or what that means exactly. Um, and since we don't see their wedding, we don't know anything about either of their families, frankly, when they leave that hotel, cause she gets bad vibes. Cause she had this scary vision. Um, they go to what I guess is his family estate, his historical family castle that he just has laying around. Um, Which is so but, dope. Same. Yes. But they don't even, 
it was not even clear to me for probably like 20 or 30 minutes that it was his family and not just like he had an inn somewhere. You know what I mean? They were like, we'll take you to the master's favorite suite. It was not clear to me that he was the master. I don't know. It was kind of very clear to me because okay, uh, he talks about like, this was my childhood home and blah, 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 blah. And then it, they. It must like, not be like, where he lives all the time though i feel like no, it's, it's like his the childhood home, home or something yeah 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 are all of his relatives dead you know what i mean like is it his grandfather's house and he grew up there or is it his, like he's the master i'm assuming it was his parents place and his parents are dead so now he is the master of the house yeah i mean i think the implication is it's it's been in the family for for generations and generations I guess the implication is he's the only one left, maybe. Um, and they didn't, they actually talk about a couple different generations um, and their marital problems or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, they don't discuss his, of bad yeah. marriages. <laughs> they don't discuss his parents specifically, which is interesting. Um, they just don't get into that. But but yeah, it was definitely weird. Um, he just like invites her, they go to his place instead, which I, I don't know. Part the of me wonders, is- I think they were going to go to his place the whole time, but he wanted to stop at the hotel to like fuck her faster. Ew. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Love a like, fuck hotel. That's actually a big tradition in a lot of weddings where you go to a fuck hotel and Are you making this up? You, you fuck, and then you go to your secondary life. Re- so you can leave it behind, be like, what we did there was disgusting, and then you move on to the honeymoon. <laughs> okay, so you're lying. <laughs> yeah, I'm lying. I'm lying. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's like, what? <laughs> well, so those are the vibes that I got, because he was like, she asked, like, oh, have you been here before? And he was, he was always like, oh, yeah, like, never like with somebody so I just got a vibe that it was like he was would take people to like fuck in this hotel because he's oh not a nice Ew. dude well and oh then it fuck. goes back well it goes so back, it's like, his she- personal fuck hotel is what you're saying yes okay and but there's a there's a line uh when they are in the manor the estate house mm-hmm. and um they just had sex again and she was like you've done this before and he oh, was yeah, like yeah. i've never fed somebody marmalade before and because he stuck his finger right in the jam disgusting <laughs> okay but oh, wait, let's talk about that moment well okay well do finish what you're saying and then let's talk about that moment because i got okay. a lot of thoughts <laughs> i have in my notes because like she asked basically for like a report card she's like how did I do was I okay and I was like Susan is a Virgo (laughs) 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 because I have had a Virgo do that exact thing to me and I was like Susan is a Virgo (laughs) here's your exit survey from fucking me what do you think in these characters how was I was I categories Chelsea is our resident Virgo. Can you confirm or deny? I, I, uh, no comment. (laughs) (laughs) But okay. The marmalade situation. At first I was like, what you doing? Sticking your finger in a bitch's mouth while they're asleep. And then I was like, 
okay is it apricot jam because that honestly because <laughs> like I would be what up first like really scared but then second I'd be like mm, yummy and I love a snack uh so I don't know I don't really know how I would feel about it I guess I'd have to try it out <laughs> Monica I know how I'm waking you up the next time I am around you please try it I would like that. I would prefer you, you to right do now. that than Adam to do that because I would probably get mad at him. But for me, I'd be like, okay, sure. Okay, <laughs> this is like the fun movie we watched. Yeah, and you kind of look like Marcella anyway. So there you go. Marcella, <laughs> fuck Marcella. <laughs> I'm you know, definitely getting a big like black cape hoodie thing and being like a sexy murderous vampire for halloween yes Catch i think me you on should these go streets. with the lavender veil Ooh, because really that was lovely she looks great nice. in purple she you does. love a veil um but i did love that like, iconic moment when we first see marcola what's her name was it marcola <laughs> Marcola Carmila Marcola. interchangeably. Marcola. Okay. Marcola. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Marcola. And she's sitting in that her little car. And it's like, it's already creepy that she's staring at you. But then she's like, let me pull up my like multi-tiered cape hood over my head. Like very it's perfect. on brand. Very wonderful. Okay. Now that you mentioned that I'm seizing this opportunity to to go back to something that I was sort of hinting at earlier and was maybe gonna wait to get into until we had discussed the lore of it all a little more possibly um but but now that we're here talking about her and her black cape um so Mercala Karstein is like it's not clear to me if she's actually like a great great grandmother of sorts to unnamed husband um or if she is just like the wife of one of his ancestors who murdered his ancestor. So it could have been like a second wife or something. I mean, who mm -hmm. knows? They don't really get into the details. Um, but that's who Mercola Karstein is. And then she kind of pops up throughout the movie um, just in, in general spooky moments in the car in the beginning with the mm -hmm. hood when Susan and her husband have just arrived at their fuck hotel um, for their, for their, Coitus. They're boinking. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Not, <laughs> not what boinking. the word I was looking for, but I'll take it. Um, for their pit stop is what I was looking for. Um, so their slightly different stop. vibes than you their guys. Sure. All right. Stop, yeah. All right. Anyway. Um, so she shows up there. And then also there's a moment where she's like spotted in the woods and like she's in general around the castle. Eventually, Susan and her dialogue. Um, and she reveals that her name is Carmela. But she she's appearing to Susan in dreams as well as Susan is just like catching glimpses of her. Um, and then she becomes a woman that definitely exists in reality and is seen by other people at one point in the film. Um, but with the, the fantasy, illusion, vision, whatever you want to call it, scene at the hotel where the pantyhose face man jumps out of the closet, mm -hmm. I almost wonder if that was... Mercala's doing like Mercala Carmila sent that vision to her Ooh. when she when they like locked eyes outside she like got eyes on her outside of the hotel she sent her this vision to sort of like start to plant the seed of of your husband is scary and bad 
obviously your husband is scary and bad anyway because she has this this terrifying vision of the pantyhose man ripping her dress open and strangling her unconscious and then when they actually get to his fancy castle manor and they're about to do it for the first time the handmaiden whoever that lady is the maid is like do you need help undressing? It's really bad luck to tear your wedding dress. I'll yeah. help you. And Susan is like, it's fine. I got it. And then the husband comes in and immediately rips it again. And I was just like, sir, you heard I... that she just said that it was unlucky. This is her wedding dress. You're being a dick. Susan looks terrified. And and he just does all sorts of bad behavior for, like that throughout the film. I was so obviously irate when he ripped that dress. Yes, that wedding dress. So many things. So he's like, so stop pretty. doing this, sir. Let's just how like that's dare how you. It's also how I feel with that trend. Sorry if y'all have done this, not you guys, but I mean the listeners. Um, where you like burn your dress or like run into the sea after your wedding or something. I'm like, no, you keep that in a box and you stare at it every <laughs> day for the rest of your life. How dare you? <laughs> I like when people destroy it, maybe like for a divorce party. Oh, but yes. I feel like if you're still if you're still thriving in your marriage i i mean it's your wedding dress do what you want with it it's your prerogative but certainly don't let your groom rip it off of you i mean not that susan let him do this he just did this because he is a monster but absolute monster my friend actually has uh something really fun she did with her dress where she like took it to some person who does this which good for them and they kind of like display it in a box but it sort of looks like there's like half of a body in it (laughs) and it's Hmm. very alarming it's very spooky very on brand for the pod um i'll have to get a photo of it from okay i am interested it's creepy as fuck (laughs) but yeah that's my theory i think maybe carmilla mercala was planting the dreams earlier on even than we realize i think maybe she sent that vision but also maybe susan is somebody who like has visions we literally know nothing about her other than her husband calls her a child and then he immediately calls the doctor and is like but don't call another doctor but we also know that she is an incredible artist as well so that she is really good at that really good like she draws uh i'm gonna call her carmila because it's easier to remember uh (laughs) She draws her in her. She's like, this is the woman I am seeing in my dreams. And she draws this like beautiful, hot, almost like scarily accurate picture of what she looks like. And she also draws sweet, but also very weird baby Carol, who mm-hmm. Carol. <sighs> There's something wrong. She with also Carol. does. Carol. Well, I mean, we find out what secluded from her peers, and her only friends are carrier pigeons. She is doing her best. <laughs> also, she apparently goes to vampire school, so oh, I mean, yeah. you know, she's she's she getting a, an interesting education. Um, well, she only go like the vampire teacher only shows up the day after the husband and susan because remember her teacher was like killed in a car accident and then they got a brand new one yeah and that when they no i don't they, remember that but that oh, is fascinating. Yeah. oh it's yeah true. because the vibes were super weird when Car- carol's mom 
told them about that. They're like, yeah, Carol's teacher died in a car crash. And then like Carol, like looked kind of weird about it. And I was like, did Carol cause this car crash? Did (laughs) Carol murder her teacher? Yeah. She just seemed like, like either too disaffected by it or like a little sinister, but honestly she had resting sinister face. So listen, there was something wrong with Carol. In my notes, I, mean, I was this, just like, I am child, alarmed by Carol. <laughs> yeah, she immediately shows up and they're like, oh, who are you? How old are you? And she's like, I'm 14. And then her mom is like, no, she's 12. She's a liar. So off the bat, Carol presents herself as somebody not to be trusted. She's just a cool girl who's trying to be, she's just a tween trying to be a teen, you know? <laughs> and uh, can we blame her? <laughs> who hangs out with pigeons? little freak it's fine we love her (laughs) and she's like real nosy too because there's a scene where she's just like cleaning all the pigeons and uh susan and husband are like fucking right outside and carol's like i'm gonna go see what this is y'all like (laughs) she leaves pretty quick though she's like oh What's that sound? It sounds like they're fucking. Oh, they are fucking. They don't Bye. show her It changes scenes. Oh, God. Jesus Christ. All right, Carol. You're thinking of the other scene where um, something in. Oh, oh, it's this scene. So there is another scene where Susan is in the woods. And I don't know what she's looking for. Maybe she is looking for Carmila. She's looking for something. And the husband comes up and like grabs her by her hair because he's standing Ugh, above gross, her. Disgusting, my enemy. And, and he just I've never like been so mad. is de- and as somebody who likes their hair being pulled, that would be a line for me. He's um, literally on a giant boulder, pulling like, her fully off the ground by by her, her hair. And then he drops her and he comes around and he keeps pushing her down. Like he will not let her he's like, like pushing get her back up face. on her feet. Yeah. He's like pushing her and pushing her, push, pushing her. And then he finally tries to get her to suck his dick. And she's like, bleh, bleh, no, no. And he runs the fuck away. She runs away. She goes into the bathtub, like, he shows up there. She's like, leave me alone. And that's when everything really switches. Yes. Frankly, that's season. the moment. Um, before we started recording, I was looking at my notes because I watched half of this movie a few days ago and half of this movie earlier today just to refresh my memory. Um, but I was like, wait, what is this note? Like, what does this mean? And I went back and I watched that moment again because what I had written in my notes um was there's not room in this tub for two wait but it's not her husband what is going on and I was like what is going on so I went back and I looked at it after the woods she's in the bath we just see a pair of men's hairy legs getting in the tub with her and are like left to assume it's her husband and that it's real I guess but then it cuts to her husband like in the hallway looking around and then she's fully clothed in another room and like runs from one room to another. Like there are all of these moments where they're presenting something really weird and strange and then being like, but was that real or what happened after that? Like they're not giving you all the information, which very much lends itself to 
Susan's perspective of experiencing these dreams and not knowing what's real and what's not and the audience not necessarily knowing what's real and what's not because her husband is being like that's just a dream I brought a doctor here he says it's just a dream and I'm questioning Carol to make sure she's not interfering and she says she's not interfering and well and you know they're reading a book and he's like a woman can have these like crazy dreams at the loss of her virginity. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like virginity oh, is a social construct. Like oh. it's not that deep, like calm down. <laughs> what is that quote? I'm very interested in what it is. Okay. The quote is nightmares are always the expression of a powerful desire, which instead of being accepted by us is rejected and repressed. There exists in the human female an undeniable aggressive tendency when she's eventually confronted with the loss of her virginity, an event of supreme importance to her, which is, for her, desirable and abhorrent at the same time. Some modern specialists call this the Judith complex. Oh. Oh. (laughs) Which is interesting in the sense that... I could, I mean, I think the Mercola Carmilla of this all could mean that Susan could have these feelings and these dreams and this violent tendency surrounding the loss of her virginity, regardless of how her husband acted. But I also would say, let's not let him off the hook here. You know what I mean? Like, we're not necessarily seeing what their actual sex life looks like other than there was one moment where he tongued her belly button and I did not care for it. Um, But he's being very rough with her. Like he tore her wedding gown on their wedding night and he pulled her up by her hair in the woods on the rock and he pushed her to the ground. And there's this one moment where he like chases her into the, I'm going to call it the rookery. I don't remember if that's the right word for like where pigeons live or or owls live bird carrying message carrying birds um maybe that's right maybe it's wrong it doesn't matter nobody google um but oh i was gonna google it (laughs) i mean feel free feel free to google it right now if anybody is listening though just accept my word as fact i mean you heard it on the internet it's true what does the internet say did i get it right what did you say rookery rookery and also my monica's googling that there is a scene that doesn't involve susan but i think goes to the character of husband where um there is a fox that is trapped in like an animal trap and he just like straight up just like gets this fox i mean like unnecessarily violently and yeah. this poor sweet baby fox's life. And, and on my rewatch, I was like, oh. Yeah. So it's so weird because he's like coded as this super bad guy at the beginning. But then towards the end, like it seems like they're like extra villainizing the women. And then he's like saving the day at the end. But then at the end, 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 it's not like that. So it's very confusing. I can't con- tell what the movie wants me to feel. But a rookery is a breeding colony of rooks typically seen in a, as a collection of nests high in a clump of trees. So 
what are like maybe I didn't quite get it, but I also (laughs) maybe got a very closely associated bird word, which I feel deserves acknowledgement. I'm excited. I hadn't heard before, and I'm uh, glad I know about it now. (laughs) We will consult our yeah, ask uh, the personal bird air slash knower of all bird facts. Our friend Cooper. Yeah. We will talk he'll, to Cooper. He'll and tell he'll us what us where birds live is called um, and inside of a home. Anyway, um, <laughs> but, in the but bird back... room. Oh, yeah. Is it an aviary? Aviary. Don't say like... smart things when I just got things wrong. <laughs> an aviary is like a bird room also. Don't say also as if I was right. We all know now that I've been shamed. <laughs> aviary. The one a time I just go for it. I'm always like, oh, I won't say it because I'm not sure. In. It's an aviary. Fine, whatever. I thought, I when thought she's when in the aviary, Rookery, I trusted you because I was like, well, it's at the top of a castle, and so it must have a different name. Anyway, Rooks, I'm sorry, I googled it. Cut and this out. <laughs> that's probably where the birds are nesting inside of the castle and making more birds. So you know, whatever. Anyway, when she gets chased into the aviary, she locks herself like inside of the bird cage um, and then ties the key to a bird and makes it fly away. And he like kicks the door down to get in there. And the way he like backs her up against the fence and her arms just like automatically go over her head is is terrifying in its own way but then also you have this moment where carol comes in and is like i think you like it when he hurts you and i was like does she like it when she hurts him because they've been married for five minutes and her hands automatically went up and they didn't seem to have this dynamic before one thing that even at the beginning of this film is susan and husband's relationship made me uncomfortable like from the minute we see them like everything that they do together just makes it uncomfortable like make it like the tone the vibe is just completely off and that is because susan is a lesbian (laughs) that's true no that's true that's true and so so it's like very obvious it's like oh no she's not meant to be with this man she is meant to be in love with a 200-year-old lesbian vampire who, oh my God, can we please talk about how like we are like introduced to her? Like we have seen her like around, but like our genuine- Oh, when you mean we've seen her call beach. around, but the moment we meet Carmila. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we should discuss the dream sequence first. I completely forgot that that comes before- this scene because how he meets her is on the beach is important okay should we give the the whole mercala setup in general though which is um like i said there's okay so susan is a little she's a lesbian but so she's also a feminist in the 70s um and she's going around this house being like why are there only portraits of men where are all the lady portraits because um she's a lesbian and a feminist and her husband is like oh they're down in the basement we moved somebody moved them down there when i was younger i don't know it's not my call i'm not a misogynist they're just down there um, I'm just even related like, to is... like a whole lineage of misogynists, apparently. <laughs> That's supposed to make her feel better. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But so uh, she goes down with Carol um, to explore the basement and look at all the lady portraits, which is gay. Um, 
And then they discover this one portrait where the face has been cut out um, and it looks like one of those like things at an amusement park or wherever where you stick your face in and you take mm -hmm. your picture and Carol has like stuck her face in there to be like haha it's me um but it's this woman Mercola Karstein from the 1700s who there's no death date on her photo there's no face in the portrait but she is wearing like this lovely purple gown and she does wear four rings like infinity stones on her hands but all facing inwards um I can't believe that the Marvel Cinematic Universe plagiarized the blood spattered bride <laughs> I mean Thanos is a lesbian confirmed <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think that's really the important takeaway. Thanos is a lesbian and maybe film. he maybe he was right to snap his fingers or whatever. Oh my um, god. I'm here for it. <laughs> Chelsea is pro culling. I'm not. I'm just <laughs> saying I'm pro lesbian and if Thanos is a lesbian I'm potentially going to read that movie differently. Um <laughs> but continue. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so that's how we are introduced to Mercola as like a mysterious figure and then Susan is understandably like fascinated by this and so her husband ends up being like here's the backstory Mercola married one of my ancestors murdered him because he wanted her to do unspeakable things and then they found her this is actually really weird he says like they found her not dead but but sitting up seemingly like comatose and they didn't bury her for two years which leaves me with a lot of questions not answered by this movie about if they just like left the body sitting there for two years and what that means um but eventually they buried her in a tomb and he takes her down to the tomb and he like pulls out a bone and he's like maybe this is aunt mercala's delicate forearm and he snaps it like an absolute monster i hate him literally um, that but part so we're introduced to mercala so as like irate Yes. So was, disrespectful. You can't fucking do that. Bitch. You want to get fucking cursed, you idiot? Like, have you watched The Mummy? Have you watched anything in your whole life? Have you done anything? Have you heard a scary Have you story? seen a thing? Also, just like, even if we're not keeping horror oh, but yeah, in I mind, found the like, just respect of, of corpses is something I thought born with, but I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess if someone murdered your ancestor maybe you have a little more wiggle room when it comes to like grave desecration i feel like though um i found the quote in my notes and he says she didn't die she was found splattered with blood wearing a wedding gown next to the body of her husband her eyes wide open rigid with warmth and color in her body they waited for two years before they decided to bury her bury her whatever sorry i always say that wrong people make fun of me um but they never managed to take the dagger away from her hand the dagger she killed her husband with um so frankly grave desecration of somebody who murdered your ancestor whatever not getting into the messiness of that but grave desecration of a seemingly supernatural creature who murdered your ancestor frankly i would not risk it truly how dumb do you have to fucking be <laughs> asking for trouble truly but he does say um Susan asks if Mercola's body is still in there, which I also was very fascinated by that question and what that would mean. Like, would she still be the same as when she was 
not alive, but full of warmth and color still. And was she still that way two years later when they buried her? And and has she decomposed? But he says, um, he doubts that she's still in there. It's been almost 200 years. The tomb must have been violated dozens of times. And then that's when he's like, let's take a look. Maybe this is Aunt Mercola, snap. Trash, trash, trash. trash. Anyway, trash. she starts... So she knows who Marcala is and she knows Marcala murdered her husband and had this dagger and didn't die, but she hasn't seen her face, but she starts to see this woman in her dreams and she's kind of maybe putting it together that this is also the woman that she's seen outside of the hotel out in the woods. Um, and then we, we get introduced to Carmilla. This scene was extra special for me personally, because I paused it Um on the big titty reveal uh, right as all of my roommates came home and it was like a really exciting conversation point but have you ever been taking a stroll on the beach and all of a sudden you see a human hand sticking out and not only a human hand sticking out but also a snorkel (laughs) sticking out of the sand because I was like first I was like like what the fuck's gonna happen right now there's like a corpse on the beach like did he kill someone basically he went down to this beach to bury the knife the knife yeah the dagger has popped up it is from the story Susan saw it in her dreams and then it kept like popping up essentially and her husband kept trying to hide it from her because she was having these gory visions of like murdering him with it and also Mm -hmm. castrating him and Mm. there was one moment where she and this mysterious woman from her dreams and purple helped her castrate this man and the subtitles were like gurgling sounds or like squishy sounds or something like that and I thought there's beautiful this this scene this was made for you Sydney I watched that and I was like, this is Sydney. Like, is that Sydney in it? Like, this is Sydney. (laughs) This scene. Wow. (laughs) Like, I was feeling things. I wanted to be a part of it. I was like, yeah, let's stab a mysterious dagger into the heart of this husband. Ah! (laughs) Blood explosion. Oh, and also reading the subtitles were hilarious too. (laughs) you love a good gurgle gurgle there has to be a gurgle if there's that much blood it's just it's just how it works but yeah I mean in my notes I was just like stabbing a man together with Mercola's arms around her gay Mercola's posture gay she's gonna stab him in the dick and then I said oh they're doing it together cute and then it was the squishing sounds and then she like woke up and I was like okay well I guess we'll just have to do this all over again later um But so they've had, she's had these like premonitions, visions about this dagger. This dagger is like very much a plot point. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he's going down to bury it on the beach when he sees the hand in the snorkel. Yeah. And also, let me just say that he did a shit job of burying it. He buried it. He's really terrible at hiding it. It's a terrible job. It was literally like, like half of a foot down in the sand. And I was like, do you know about how sand moves all the time because of the ocean? Like that's going to be exposed in about two hours when it's high tide but anyway um so he sees the dead hand the, or or so he thinks this hand sticking out of the ground and he goes to start uh pulling the sand away and uh which is brave to just go to unbury this body um and 
I don't know. Does he get to the face first? Maybe. But the most important thing is that he unearths the goodies right away. And there's just two giant tits sticking out of the sand and like two eyes through a freaking snorkel face mask staring out at you. And that's how you meet our girl, Carmela. Um, And isn't she just a wonderful woman? <laughs> like, just, and the whole her whole fucking story is fucking bizarre because like how would she be crashed on the beach and like perfectly buried in the sand where the snorkel is sticking out and so she's just like I was scuba diving by myself and I got lost and buried in the sand with just the snorkel sticking out like very I eccentric. was scuba diving <laughs> naked like sweetheart you were snorkeling one get it right <laughs> <laughs> like um, but like this was really big for me because my one of my biggest dreams is to get scuba certified and I was like oh my god Carmila is out there doing it I too can do it so thank you Carmila you've okay. reinvigorated my soul this was also while it was very weirdly sexy it was also one of my biggest nightmares because I as a small child got buried in the sand and let me tell you it hurt in areas that I was like unsuspecting of at like age seven, that it should be able to do that. And so now I am just like, could you imagine being a lady buried in sand in Naked, only a no snorkel? No bathing suit. It's bad enough when you get trampled by a wave and your whole bathing suit lining gets filled with sand. Like this is much more invasive. <laughs> and like, how long was she there? How long had she been buried in the sand? I have questions. I also have questions that mainly revolve around we know having finished the movie and also we know having watched the beginning of the movie that that Carmila has the same face as this mysterious woman we've been seeing. Um, and quickly Susan puts together that Carmila and Mercala are one um, after Carmila introduces herself over dinner and is like, I live alone. I don't remember where I live. But I do know my name is Carmila. Um, she puts it together. We we know that she's like this supernatural being. Obviously, she buried herself on purpose. What was her strategy? Like, why why do that? <laughs> How my else were they going to thought... let her into the house unless she was a a, a damsel in distress? That's the only yeah. thing that would have invigorated freaking husband <laughs> that's that's also my guess but also i feel that there are perhaps other ways to do that than to bury yourself naked in the sand with a snorkel mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i could i could definitely agree with you there like she wouldn't have to be buried at all she could have just been like on the side of the road near his car or something like that completely unburied <laughs> entirely unburied no snorkel involved but the mystery of her being from the sea you know very alluring she has to keep it sexy and i appreciate that <laughs> <laughs> she's not just a vampire she is also a mermaid I okay I think that what happened here was like the director or writer or whoever it was was like I had this crazy dream last night where I was digging in the sand and I just found a pair of titties can we incorporate that <laughs> the film Honestly, at all they did a good job they did <laughs> no, a good job. A job cinematically beautiful also like even though this movie has a lot of weird things going on with it I have to say that I really appreciated it because uh 
there's a lot of great bush representation and it's just something that I love to see in a film. Also, this is like maybe Loki a softcore porn. So that was fun too. <laughs> Listen, the 70s bush in this film is I'm jealous. It was gorgeous. It was really Mine stunning. cannot do and that. It's full frontal and it was immediate. So and, and oh yeah, many first times three throughout. minutes of the film, they got it out. Okay, I, I also, was watching the movie and I screamed up to Adam. I was like, there's Bush in minute two. <laughs> <laughs> Did y'all notice this? Like uh, at the very first Bush scene. Uh-huh. Um, of course I remember. <laughs> the uh, It's the same from Bush one to Bush two, right? It's a different mm-hmm. person because the areolas and nipples are different on both bodies. Oh. can't say that that I was paying quite as close attention as <laughs> as maybe you were um, um I, I did notice that her underwear was different in those two scenes because in the in the vision that she has she has just um like a slip on underneath her wedding gown and then in the reality later on she's got like a normal bra and underwear yeah the like the the nipples the areola the breast shape all different Maybe she was like, you know what? I'll do full bush, but I'll only do it once. And they're like, we need it twice. And she was like, <laughs> I just can't before. do it. Find somebody else. And they had to do a body doll. <laughs> well, because in the first one, you don't see a face because her face is covered. And then, so I think it's a different person. Sydney, you are watching this with the eyes of a hawk. <laughs> Huh. I wonder if that was a like a reshoot. That's actually so curious though. I wonder if that was a reshoot thing. Like if they wrote this movie and maybe initially they go right to the castle and then they were like, let's add a spooky scene in earlier on to really set the stage with Morcala Carmila. And so they have this hotel moment and they have Carmila outside, but then they were like okay get naked and the actress was like uh I filmed all my nude scenes that I was contractually obligated to so no I won't that's really interesting I would love to know more unfortunately IMDb trivia gives us next to nothing for this movie certainly nothing nothing on on in regards to a body double or (laughs) or nude scene details um nothing specific about areolas at all which frankly they're clearly lacking listen the people need to know this is so sad. People, this information I need because I'm apparently the only one who noticed. Well, it's just so sad that this information is lost to time. It and is. there's no way to know. We'll have to contact husband to the actor who plays husband if he's still Dear alive. Husband. <laughs> Mr. Husband. Mr. Husband. <laughs> anyway, I mean, I think I would like to talk. Oh. I was going to say time out. Where do we want to go from here? <laughs> but you, you already started. So go. <laughs> anyway, I think I would like to talk more about the Carmela Mercala Susan dynamic. Um, I would like to point out something unbelievably gay, which is when Carmela shows up naked on the beach and husband brings her back to the castle. Susan lends her some clothes to wear and Carmela picks this purple dress um, and then literally every time we see Susan for the rest of the movie and she's not in her PJs, she's wearing that same purple oh, dress I where she's that. just like so clearly obsessed with Carmila from moment one. 
I just thought that was iconic. I fucking love that. Also, I just fucking loved that dress too. It was absolutely stunning. And I am scouring Etsy to try to find one for myself. But yeah, I mean, I love that. It's just like, she was in this. She smells so nice and now she's gone. I'll wear it every day. (laughs) Beautiful, beautiful. What a tribute. Yeah, I mean, frankly, as soon as Carmilla showed up, um, husband should have just run for his life, frankly, because by that point, Susan is already dreaming of murdering him. She's already dreaming that Marcala is going to help murder him. Um, and then Carmilla shows up and Susan is like, Carmilla and Marcala are the same person. Like, look at this picture of the woman that I drew from my dreams, which, by the way, husband knew immediately who that was because he looked at her picture and was like, oh, who's this? Um, and she's like, oh, the woman from my dreams or whatever. And he takes her pencil and like draws a mole on Mercala's face. And it's like, Susan has only seen Mercala's face in her dreams. And theoretically, husband shouldn't have seen Mercala's face at all because it's cut out of the portrait. He knows something is going on. But for whatever reason, he decides he's immune um, and he just is ready to risk it all. Cause even that night after she shows up as Carmila, they're like about to go to bed. Um, and, and Susan has that realization and is like, she's come to kill you. And then she's like, I don't love you. I hate you. And he just like puts her to bed and then is like, anyway, best of luck to us all. Good night. Okay. But one of my favorite scenes with the three of them is um it's right before this when she's drawing and they're like talking and Mr. Husband is just talking like he is talking to them and neither of them are paying any fucking attention to him I mean like not a single out like they are so enthralled in each other that they're just like glancing and looking into each other's eyes and he is like picking up the vibes like you know the fucking vibes okay like he is picking up what they are putting down and he's like it's time for bed I'm like ah they are in love and by in love I mean they want to murder you (laughs) yeah I mean frankly it was that any good love story you know so Listen, yes. that's what I'm looking that's the kind of relationship that I am looking for with my homies so like Adam better watch out Monica because he's the only current boyfriend <laughs> Thanks. and you look like Carmila and you're willing to feed me marmalade damn well that doesn't really make sense but either way I would like you to feed me marmalade <laughs> another also movie oh sorry you go I was just going to say about that scene, um, not only do they completely ignore him when he's trying to talk at them and they're just like, she, Susan is just sketching Carmila. They also have this moment where they're like touching their hands. That's very gay. And then husband immediately is like, anyway, it's time for bed. Like no intimate moments between you two ladies. Like let's all disperse. He can tell that there's a vibe and I don't know why oh, yeah. he doesn't do anything other than be terrible, which he does continue to do. Mm-hmm. There's another moment, and I'm not exactly sure in the sequence of things when it happens, but uh, I think it's one after Carmilla starts dissing, disappearing in the middle of the night, 
and she like comes back to bed and husband's like, where the fuck were you? What are you doing? And she just closes her eyes and just pretends she's asleep. And I was just like adding that to my book, like adding that to my list of things. (laughs) Absolutely icon shit. (laughs) Yes. And it's, it's so perfect because even then the next morning he's being like, he like, what was that about? And she's like, oh, like you said, things look different in the daytime. Everything's normal. Don't worry about it. Even though we now know are like, okay, Susan and Carmela in real life have certainly made some kind of blood pact in the woods or whatever. Like we didn't really see much, but we got enough to know that something was going on. And then there's this other man who follows them at some point and is like, they were howling like two cats in the heat. Um, and is talking uh, about the way that they're behaving and she saw Miss Susan and the other lady hiding in the undergrowth and the other lady was biting Susan on the neck. Um, just, just absolutely not sweating the signs like at all the whole time. And I just, I think he's a fool. Um, but he does start to catch on and he like calls the doctor who was treating Susan for her weird virgin nitty loss revenge murder fantasies or whatever her her judith complex um (laughs) and and he starts to be like okay i didn't want to tell you this but it turns out my grandmother also maybe tried to poison my grandfather and possibly i come from a long line of women trying to murder their husbands um and i found the poison here sniff it which first of all that is absolutely don't sniff poison that feels like a million things could go wrong do that yeah keep that out of your system poison and also here's mercola's cut out face from the portrait that i found um and and he starts to he has this whole speech that i wrote down um where he says it's been difficult for me to make up my mind to tell you this story in any case i'm going to do it in the hopes that you'll accept it as rather more than an old wives tale um, and they start talking about like, is it a coincidence that this has happened at least twice? And the doctor says, sometimes you only need two things to be a coincidence. In your case, no. <laughs> In your case, it is scientifically impossible for that ever to be a coincidence. Don't buy into this. It could happen a thousand times and this would not be a coincidence. And it's like, oh, this man sucks. Um, but husband says... Um, the truth is, if I weren't afraid to say it, if I weren't ashamed to accept it, I would say, I would say that Carmila or Marcala is a supernatural being. Um, and that's the moment when everybody really starts to, to get on the same page. She's supernaturally hot. That's for sure. I'm so sorry. I have nothing to add. Monica, if you just think that I'm hot, you can tell me. We're I tell you all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Literally constantly. <laughs> I will say, though, when we, we, the hunter dude or whoever he is, somebody, there's two men. And honestly, I could not tell them apart most of the time. Um, one was the doctor and one was. A, a hunter of some sort maybe he's he like worked. the groundskeeper yeah yeah is he, is he carolyn's he's dad? carol's dad yeah okay um that makes sense but he <laughs> he's following them and so we get also this peek into their vampire 
ritual relationship um, in which Carmila kind of brings it back to the virginity thing. And they really like double down on that theme. Cause I was like, this is weird virgin talk again. Um, where she said, your sanctuary has been ravaged, your tranquility disturbed, your shrine stained, corrupted, grossly invaded by violence. In this desecrated fortress, I search for consolation for my troubled soul. Do not judge me too harshly, for I obey a desperate law that forms both my strength and my weakness. If your heart is wounded, mine bleeds too. Within the rapture of my vast death, I live only through your vibrant life, and you will die gently in order to live through me. I can do no more. As I come searching for you, so in turn, you will search for another to share with you the ecstasy of this cruelty, the only kind of love for you and for me. Which also is very gay. Honestly, Seeing like this man has touched you. It is disgusting. But the love that you and I share as ladies, pure, beautiful, untouchable. What Listen, they are ready to you haul it up, baby. Like <laughs> They're ready to share a coffin for the rest of eternity. And Literally. they do. <laughs> as yeah. they should. Ugh, yeah, I mean, up. I feel like thinking about like the time that this was came out you know and just how society was and like they just got like the 50s was only like 20 years before this and you know how well and you have to think that this is like a spanish film and so spain had like fashion like they were just coming out of like a fascist regime and shit like that so like this is wild yeah it's just like there's even more like uh societal pressure around like chastity and your virginity and all of that like you know there still is today but like way more back then um so they made it like all about that I was like okay Carmilla like let's not bring it back to that she had some sex with a man he is terrible but like the way that she taught he talked she talks about it it's like excuse me I just misjudged her 15 different times the way that Carmilla talks about it it seems like it's like like he violated her and we never see that but I mean the subtext is there that it definitely could have happened like the subtext is there that he gets violent for sure Mm -hmm. yeah it's definitely implied I don't Mm -hmm. think they wanted to like I'm glad they didn't show it I don't need to see that shit although they showed that horrible beginning vision where pantyhose husband rips her dress and strangles her out so I I, mean well I don't know they definitely left a lot for the audience to draw their own conclusions which did leave me confused sometimes Mm -hmm. um and and did leave me it was it was jarring sometimes I found when I was watching this movie I liked it but it was hard for me to not get distracted and I like paused it a bunch of times and kept coming back to it um but it was I, it wasn't the kind of movie where I sat there and got sucked in. And I think it's because there were so many moments that I was like, wait, what just happened? Like, wait, that's the end of that scene. Wait, we're just moving on. That it gave me enough like breaks in, in my brain following this story that I would s- literally like step away from the moment. Oh yeah, it was, it was all over the place. So I, I had the same issue. Um I still really liked it. There were enough batshit, crazy bush booby in the sand scenes to keep <laughs> me going throughout. Um, but 
it was insane. I mean, and there was also a lot of gorgeous shit, like the all the shots of them walking through that, like down that pathway at the night, lined by trees, holding hands, Carmilla and Susan. Gay, gorgeous. Oh, <laughs> all all the gays like to do moonlight strolls. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I will say, say though. Ooh, oh, we ahead. both will you say. say something. Uh, <laughs> this movie is slow at times yeah it just is and so it's like hard there's like a specific time like not that's kind of like right before the end where it's like a slow build slow build and then you're just kind of like not really paying attention a little bit and then all of a sudden you're like what the fuck is going on I am so invested in this movie oh my god (laughs) agreed yeah I mean who's the first guy to get it I, is it it's it's the groundskeeper right I think it's the the doctor, doctor. oh the yeah, doctor who the has doctor. followed Susan up into the room and that's was very confusing to me because I saw the groundsman outside following Carmila and then I saw the doctor following Susan and I couldn't tell them apart and so I was really confused about who was where and if I was like being purposely misled to draw some other conclusion and then I just turned out that they were just two white men and I think maybe one had a mustache but it didn't register in my brain (laughs) (laughs) but yeah oh so that's the part where so Carmilla had had a or not Carmilla Susan had had a vision of where the knife was now the dagger and it was locked away in a drawer where the key was hidden with husband um and so she finds where it is because she just innately knows she's got like that magic GPS just for this dagger <laughs> <laughs> and bust the shit out of this beautiful antique cabinet that that hurt my heart when she did that. But, you know, bitch has got to do what a bitch has got to do. But it hurt my heart to see it go. Um, and uh, that's the time that Mr. Doctor decides to confront her, which is really just unwise all around. <laughs> Yeah, she just goes absolutely buck wild on him. And then Carmila shows up and is like, good job. Um, and they're trying to dispose of the body. And that's when husband comes in. Um, and actually, this is a moment where Carmila Mercala has an incredible speech that I wrote down. And I will say for you in its entirety, but then I would like to highlight my favorite point. Um, but actually, I think you'll be able to guess it. Um, but she says, kill him. Kill him now. Get Close slash his face, find his heart and cut it out, silence him, punish him for his insolence, kill him, kill him, put an end to him, put an end to his arrogance, kill him, destroy his masculinity, kill him, kill him. Do you know which is my favorite part? Is it destroy his masculinity? Because yes! that's what I also have written in yes! my notes. The, the big I thought it was so there. funny. I thought it was so great also for a lesbian movie to just be like, no, no men, no masculinity what's, whatsoever allowed. Like, get that out of here. Destroy his masculinity. masculinity. Just very metal. Especially because they <laughs> castrated him in the vision earlier on. Like, that's got a whole other meaning going on they don't get him though he runs away and then they find the hunter out in the woods after Carmila steps in that bear trap and and she's like susan run because she loves susan um and they are in love 
But then she doubles back after the husband thinks he's got Carmilla at the end of his shotgun. And then they no, no, kill no, the not hunter. the husband, the hunter. It's, that's, yeah. Sorry, that's what I meant. The oh, hunter, okay. the groundsman. Yes, um, yes. Carol's daddy. Papa yeah, and then Carol. <laughs> I mean, Carol's got a lot going on. Um, like I said, she was at vampire school. So, I mean, you know, she's she's been a tiny little baby weirdo this whole time um, she was just having a vampire weekend it's fine <laughs> she's just you know. a tiny 12 year old lesbian on her own and also, that's great and we love that journey for her carmila looks like her mommy though like that's the thing that's weird I like know. she looks a lot like carol, carol so more than the actual mom so maybe there's more mm. there um but my, i really deeper. like Oh yeah, we'll have to see the sequel. No, God, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but I really liked how Susan um, absolutely just slish slashes the groundsman to death, like death by a thousand cuts. Like I'm pretty sure that's what happened to the groundsman. <laughs> okay, she- Taylor Swift, bring it home. Oh, fuck. <laughs> She's not stabbing him. She's slashing that man. And it's a beautiful sight. <laughs> and then they shoot him in the dick. They do. Yes. They <laughs> destroy his wrote, masculinity. Yeah, as I wrote, she shot him as Pangus. That's what I wrote. So <laughs> right there in it. And that was, you know, for me, I was like the groundsman, the groundskeeper guy. He didn't do very much. So you really just really hated him. He didn't do much to you, but still fuck him All up he did <laughs> was spy on the lesbians moaning and not show us we had to see him instead of whatever they were doing down there as carmila very gently lapped blood from susan's neck or something else is happening i don't know i wish i did but they didn't show me um that are like just let me see the gay sex god damn it you let us see the bush you let us see all the bad sex and now we don't get this, but of course, of course, of course not. It just is not fair and it's not right. Um, but frankly, you know, after they shoot the husband, like you, you, or they shoot the hunter, it cuts back to the husband off in the castle or whatever. And he just like freezes as though he knows something has happened. But then when he goes to investigate the tomb, first of all, now there's a whole ass coffin there that was not there before. Um, but they're inside the coffin naked together. And I I, thought that was just going to be like the ending of the movie. And he's going to be like, oh, well, lost another bride to the vampires. Um, That would have been such a better fucking ending. Oh my God. This ending made me irate. (laughs) Yeah. Like he opens the coffin and he'd seen um, Carmilla in the coffin earlier. There'd been a moment where he like found her in the coffin after Carol brought flowers Mm-hmm. Um, and Carmila had blood on her teeth. So, you know, there's something going on, but the husband was like, not my business. And so I thought we were getting another, not my business moment where he was just going to leave them naked entwined in the coffin. And I was like, okay, King, like redeem yourself. No, he pulls out a shotgun and he just blasts the coffin off its rocker until there's fake blood pouring out of all the bullet holes. And also like, Susan and Carmila looked so beautiful and peaceful, like laying naked in a tomb together, you know, like it was gorgeous. Why don't you just let them have that? I <laughs> Why mean, can't we have I nice choose, 
I choose to believe they do get to have that because Carol, I guess, is drawn by the gunfire to this arena. Um, and she says, they'll come back. They cannot die. And I said, good for them. Because if we're doing the whole barrier gaze trope or whatever, which we in 2021 are all very tired of, um, but if if we're doing that, then they should be vampires who don't actually die. You know what I mean? Like if you're gonna shoot them, blood comes pouring out of the coffin to know that they will come back and that they will convert more 12 year olds to lesbianism. Love that. <laughs> That's the real happy ending is that and they're I gonna really... come back unless they don't because that's not where the movie ends the movie ends with carol being like oh i'm a lesbian vampire too here's my bite marks and then husband is like i'm a full-ass adult grown man and i'm gonna shoot you in the head you 12 year old girl and then i'm yeah oh she just lays down she like gets on her knees and lays or like flips her hair over she's like don't mess up my hair flips her hair over and is like please shoot me in the brain stem like it was i was like what's happening what is this And he does and then he goes back to the coffin as if to check that susan and carmila have been annihilated enough and then he grabs carmila's titty and goes to cut it and i was like what and God's name is happening at the end of this movie. And then it just cuts to a news clipping where it says, man cuts out the hearts of three women, presumably Susan, Carmela, and Carol, which is like, okay, now can they come back as vampires or are their hearts cut out and they can't? Yeah. Okay. That's the part that I, I was like, I remember there was something that happened at the very, very end where I screamed at the top of my lungs, what the fuck is this? And then I couldn't remember what it is because I blocked it out. And it's the fact that he grabs her fucking titty and starts slicing it off. And that's the last thing you'd see besides this news clipping. But like, I can't read very fast. And so I didn't get to read it. So I was like, I wonder what that said. Only God knows. (laughs) We'll have to move on. So I just thought he was like being Only Chelsea will know. And sliced off her fucking tit. (laughs) So... I mean, at least there, he was trying to get to the heart underneath. That makes a little bit more sense. But either way, ah, this ending, I was so mad. Also, like, I really thought that maybe they'd just, like, shoot out of the coffin, like, shoot up and, like, murk his ass, you know, do some, like, crazy vampire shit right then. Because at first, blood wasn't coming out of the holes. And I was like, maybe they're fine. Maybe it's a bulletproof coffin. No, no, <laughs> no. Okay, I think we should recreate the ending of this. Okay. So, which one of you wants to be Susan? I'm Carol. And which? <laughs> okay, I'll be Who... Susan. <laughs> well, we get Adam. You've already decided you're Carmila, and you're gonna feed her jam, so she's Susan. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So, will Adam be husband then? <laughs> Yeah, I guess. I'll also okay. be husband. Don't worry. I'm great at playing multiple roles. I've played a man before. Um, very convincingly. Monica can tell you. I can. I have also played a man. Wonderful. So we're good with that. <laughs> okay, great. I love that we are just going to full-blown recreate a better ending for this movie. It deserves. I think... I think maybe we still keep the blood pouring out of the bullet holes, but then when he opens the coffin, they're perfect and untouched. Yeah! Yeah. That's and then maybe one of them and then they go up at and they're, they're and then carol walks in behind and down. she's like also hello and then he's got three vampires there who are gonna slay him and 
it cuts to black and then the news clipping at the end is like local heir to castle disappears nobody knows what happened to him nobody knows I like that better i'd like it if oh. carol or not and carol, everybody carmilla gives susan, little kisses oh, carmilla and susan fangs come out they like snap his neck but he's still alive somehow i just like the snap snacking snap snacking uh <laughs> neck snapping idea and then carol comes in with the shotgun and shoots him in the dick and then they're Ooh, okay the i'm prepared to the support that too i think that would be a great end to this movie yeah bring it full circle with another shotgun to the dick it's gotta happen. love that <laughs> and that's the blood spattered bride <laughs> <laughs> that's our blood spattered that's bride and frankly it would be bride. better it seriously would be but okay i mean and the question that we always ask is, how could it be gayer? And and this is a question that's really hard for this one, but because it's pretty fucking gay. But I could right. go from full front. I think, I think it could be gayer if they showed us a, the gay shit. Yeah, I want to see the gay shit. I don't want implied gay shit. I want gay shit. Show it. I will me. say though, um, I think. And correct me if I'm wrong, if you can think of any other examples. I think this is the first movie, not just to have a canon queer character, but to actively say this character is queer. Um, in Jennifer's body, we got a moment where where chastity is like, you guys are lesbian, and Needy doesn't like deny it. She's just like, what? We're friends. And then there's the moment, obviously, where Jennifer's like, I go both ways. But in this movie, they are explicitly like, Carmilla is a lesbian. And I love that they said it. And I love that the words are on screen and you can't remove them. You can't be like, that's the sub. There's no subtext. It's just extremely explicit. And, and I there's thought a that quote that says, like, your wife is being dominated by a lesbian. lesbian. And I was like, <laughs> dream. You're like, I am interested. Hello. <laughs> but yeah, so, I mean, only if they made this a gay softcore porn instead of just, like, a gay movie that has some softcore porn elements. But the those elements I... are not necessarily gay. <laughs> Okay, I would actually very much enjoy a softcore porn remake of this movie. <laughs> mm -hmm. But like, I, I want all the blood and all the stabbing. I just want more soft, like, I don't want hardcore porn. I want like softcore porn. God, I haven't watched softcore porn in so long. I love that stuff. It's so fun. <laughs> Put that on the net. That's, that's the next movie that we're <laughs> <laughs> what if we just take this podcast in a completely different direction and we just find like the more the horror subsection of <laughs> porn and we start reviewing that something to consider we'll do a porn theme month <laughs> <laughs> okay but i'm actually down for that uh if we Pepper ever is porn month <laughs> if we ever get a patreon we can watch it be us reviewing <laughs> that'll oh, be one of the God. tiers Oh, It'll be like an XX. You'd have to tier. pay a lot for that tier. <laughs> I'll do it for like a dollar. I that would be funny for me. That More is than so a dollar for wonderful me. for you, Monica and I are gonna raise our rates a little higher. Yeah, than yeah, that. yeah, 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 yeah. Two dollars. We could get more for that. We could get way more for that. <laughs> um. Okay. So I mean, we've covered how could it be gayer, but where would Matthew Lillard fit into this movie? <laughs> Let's see. There's three options 
fetal Matthew Lillard. Carmela, let's not restrict him. <laughs> He's got range. Ah. Oh. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, don't other than that, husband. yeah, there's husband, doctor, and groundsman. I think he would have been a good doctor. Hmm. Yeah, I could see him. Like being like, there's no way a thousand times it, it would be scientifically impossible. Um, but I, I think Monica, your you wife is being husband. dominated by a lesbian. I just I would mean, like Matthew Lillard <laughs> to say that lie. <laughs> I would like that as well. But also, I mean, like, I feel like he could be a good, be a good husband just in my life. He could be a good husband to me, but in the context of the movie, he would be good as husband um, because like he can be a fucking psycho, as we know from his other roles. Um, But also, I don't want him to because I would have been like into him and that would have like complicated the movie for me. And it's not about husband for me. And so husband should be someone that I don't care about, like, in this movie. Sure. So. But I also think he would be great as husband. And it would introduce that element of wondering if Susan likes him. You know what I mean? If we're, as the audience, more prone to liking him, then I think it kind of complicates that story in a good, interesting way. Because otherwise, the only conclusion that I can draw is not that there's some weird Judith complex that Susan is experiencing, but simply that she's a lesbian and that she realized that um, she really doesn't like having sex with men and and fair enough for her. (laughs) There's something pure about how it is now. She's just like, oh, I did that and it was not for me. It was not (laughs) for me. (laughs) Did not like that. I would like a redo. Did not like that. No. Did not like that, and he he wants to do it all the time. (laughs) Oh, that's actually, there's a really great line that I just noticed in my notes about that. Um, But I I will use it to transition to our next segment, which is who is the dumb bitch of this movie? Um, And I mean... Sometimes we do that whole thing. There, there's one obvious answer, but I mean, obviously, it's husband. It's, it's got to be husband. Husband um, has to be husband. Yeah, he's husband. such a dick. He closes his eyes to things for so long, and he's also terrible to Susan. But there's also this moment um, where he's like being a sex pest or whatever. I don't remember exactly the context of it. Um, But she's in bed and he's like sitting there being like, when are we going to fuck essentially? And she says to him, you're like a puppy waiting to be given his food. You can start learning what women are like all or nothing. And he said, and now it's nothing. And she said, that's right. Um, I fucking loved that quote. (laughs) Yes. It's so great. Um, But also it really speaks to him constantly like, pushing boundaries and being terrible and her being like no I'm a real person you have to learn what that's actually like and not just use me as like a blow-up doll yeah oh oh what I have to treat you as a human being that sounds too hard dumb bitch (laughs) he's the worst Maybe like my least favorite character of all of the movies that we've seen so far. Um, But that's hard to say for sure because I can't remember. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I just think he's terrible and he sucks and we've gone over that a a multitude of ways and I don't know that we need to spend any more time on it. I think it's very obviously him. I think he's a monster. And I think that 
whether or not the news clipping implies that he was caught after cutting the hearts out of three women, um, I I would like to imagine a worse end for him than simply going to jail. Yeah, I wish he had died. But like way like more gruesomely than any of the other deaths. I wish the yeah, ladies would have killed him. Yeah, we came up with some great him. options. Yeah, I really like that ending we, we had for him. Um, we'll rewrite it. Yeah, it'll be good. Our ending is amazing. Um, Okay, so our knives out of fives. What do we think about this movie? And Chelsea, lay lay the groundwork here because there's some really confusing shit on the internet about how this was rated. Yes, and I explained it to you guys um, over text, and I will also explain it to anybody who is not familiar with exactly how the Rotten Tomatoes rating system works. Um, But first I will say... This movie got a 6.2 out of 10 on IMDb, and it got 41%, which is rotten, from audiences on Rotten Tomatoes. However, from critics, it got 100%, which means, frankly, that it is technically higher rated than um, Citizen Kane, Paddington Paddington 2. Both of those movies just had a negative review added to Rotten Tomatoes in the past few months um, and they got knocked down and no negative review from critics for The Blood Spattered Bride. Um, But when it says that there is 100% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, it doesn't mean that every critic rated this movie 100%. It just means that 100% of the reviews of which there are six um for this movie so not a huge sample size but all six critics whose reviews are cataloged on rotten tomatoes said the movie was better than a failing grade essentially um one of them is like a b minus one of them is like four out of five stars or something like that like they're not all necessarily rave reviews but they're all certified fresh reviews so the movie is 100 percent fresh from critics and I agree with them. Like, I'm not giving it a five out of five. <laughs> but I will give it a 4.5 out of five. Wow. I love this movie. I am kicking myself in the lady balls for never even knowing that this existed. Like, cut off my tit and call me a bad horror fan. Like, oh my I, God. I would never. <laughs> I I think it's like a mixture of being like all the blood, the like the way that it was shot is so beautiful. Like it is slow. That's why it's not a five. Like if the pay like if the pace like picked up a little bit. But like this movie is incredibly feminist for the time. It's so the dialogue is like kind of funny. TBH like I just had a really great time with this movie. Hell yeah. I mean, this was such a Sydney movie. Oh my God. It was literally there are parts where I was like, did Sydney direct this? <laughs> Sydney's secretly much older than she's told us, and she directed this. Hello, yeah, I am. Are you Carlos? And you was to say been alive for a thousand years and you're a vampire. Um in which case, I mean, don't reveal that on the pod. It's probably not safe to do. Um, 
I'm not going to give this as high as a score as Sydney um, because I am not her. But I mean, definitely has some really great shock value moments. Um, I My immediate first thought in this movie after the first three minutes was like, tits giving gave you not tits getting giving what's it called thanks killing tits giving yes it might as well have been called tits giving (laughs) (laughs) thanks killing claims like tits in the first second or whatever well this one had full bush in the first three minutes and that shouldn't go without noting that's very important for any film (laughs) and Um, double bush in the first five minutes yeah double bush oh my god incredible no one no other time in my life have I seen a Sandy tit reveal as stunning as that one. Just am- amazing. Just a wonderful imaginative uh, cinematic moment, I would say. <laughs> um, and great fashion, bad pacing, great creepy baby, aka Carol. Um, hitting a lot of the the notes here that are very important for a horror film. That said, like Chelsea, I had trouble paying attention at some time, some points because I kind of lost me. Um, and also, I had completely forgotten almost everything that happened in the movie after seeing it four days ago. So, I mean, it doesn't really stick with you in the way that I thought it would. But those tits, those are in my brain forever. So I'm going to give this one like a... Uh, 3.77777 repeating. I'm glad that I saw it. I'm very glad that I saw it. But I don't think I'll ever see it again. <laughs> yeah, okay, I liked that's it. That's fair. Um, I liked it. I thought it was interesting. I haven't seen too many... I was going to lie right then and say I haven't seen too many Carmilla stories. This is the first Carmilla story I've seen. I'm just familiar with other Carmilla stories that exist because I remember um, there was some Carmilla web series a few years ago that like took over Tumblr at the time. Um, but I, I actually haven't watched it yet. So this was my first Carmilla story, um, which is like a traditional lesbian vampire thing. It's like it is a a story that was written a long time ago and has been adapted a bunch. Um, I I liked a lot of it, but then the end kind of made, I don't know. I didn't jive with the end that much because I felt like, I don't remember if they mentioned the Plato quote again, or it came back in some way. Um, which then made me feel like they were condemning Susan and Carmilla Mercala and that the movie was being like, they're bad. And I want the movie to be like, they're great and we stand them and we love them because that's how I feel. Um, so in, in our version of the movie where they live happily ever after in the vampire afterlife or whatever, and in which husband gets got, you know, that would maybe be five knives out of five for me. But I'm just not sure that this this movie is the movie that I'm pretending that it is. Um, and, and the pacing was weird, but I did still like it. So, I mean, it's not going to be as high as either of yours. I think I would give it like three knives out of fives just because I think instead of leaving me with questions that I am eager to answer myself. It left me with more questions where I felt like the movie needed to provide clarity. Um, 
but I did like it and I'm glad that I watched it and I'm glad that we included it in our pride lineup. And that's the you can't go wrong with lesbian that. vampires. Honestly, the gift that this movie has given me is um, the ability to engage further with the lore and make it myself. So this is going to give me a million fan fiction <laughs> moments and, and yeah. I could rate it higher oh. for that. But based on the strength of it alone, I wish I loved it more. I love I love what it gave me more than I love what it is. I'm really excited to engage with other stuff in this like genre or sub story, the Carmilla story, because um, mm-hmm. I didn't know how big it was uh, until you're telling me oh, about yeah. it now. So I I'm just a young babe who's just learning about lesbian vampires, you know, and, and it's a whole thing, baby. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. It's a big thing. After this, I'm continuing my quest to be dominated by a lesbian. So, I mean, you could argue Aren't that Jennifer's all? body is like a Carmela story in its own way, in way. a sense. Kind of, it's, yeah. Even though she's a certainly, yeah. I mean, it's not a Carmela adaptation, and it's not exactly the same. But, but the I would argue that there. all of the Carmela stories like laid groundwork for Jennifer's body to exist. I feel yes. that. I accept that. <laughs> but yeah man we're deep into pride month at this point and uh the lineup the hits just keep on coming so sydney you want to set us up for what's next week okay next week we are doing the absolutely unhinged movie from 1999 the haunting oh my starring, god uh Catherine Zeta-Jones, Liam Neeson, uh, Luke Wilson, Lily. Owen Wilson. Oh, it's Owen. I it's always, Owen. One of the Wilsons. It's, it's Owen. The one, it's the one that hit on me in an alley in Brentwood. Fascinating. Wow. Great story. Oh, Tell me more later. More about that. <laughs> yes. And um, Lily Taylor? Who, what's her name? From The Conjuring? Yeah. Yes, the mom. What's her name? Oh, Lily. Lily. No, that's someone. No, it's something with the T. Lily Tomlinson is in One Direction, or was. (laughs) They never broke up. They're just on hiatus. (laughs) (laughs) Google Um, this because I want to know what her name is. Lily Taylor. Lily Taylor is right. It is. (laughs) Yeah, this movie. I. Virginia Madsen is in it for like a hot second. My wife? Your wife. Yes. Uh huh. (laughs) Okay. I haven't seen this movie. I'm officially psyched. Oh, yeah. It's it's a sight to behold. Sydney told me to watch it. And so I watched it about a month and a half ago. And wow, what a wonderful way to spend a Monday night. I cannot wait to watch this again. (laughs) There's so much to talk about. (laughs) This movie is a lot and it is like peak. Um, So it's basically the same story as a haunting on a hill house, but like different. So like the whole vibe is like very different, but it all stems back from the book, the haunting of hill house. 
And I will okay. say that this adaptation of The Haunting of the Hill House is way more like the actual book of The Haunting of the Hill House than the fucking Netflix series, which has absolutely barely anything to do <laughs> with the book. <laughs> they just took the name. I was like, you could have just come up with another spooky house That's name. That's very but House you know of what? Wax. You do what you yes. want to do. <laughs> But anyway, if you like what you heard, why not give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts? We would just love to hear it from you. And also, uh, shout out to Kayla, who uh, said that our podcast gives her WAP. Love that for us. Love That's that for you. That's the kind of review I'm looking for. <laughs> Honestly, thank we you. We want to hear thank all of your so reviews. Much. Thank you so much. <laughs> And then if you don't already get on that hot, hot, sexy content that we produce every week by following us at spooky underscore Tuesday on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And we're also on Tumblr and Facebook with spooky Tuesday pod at spooky Tuesday pod. So uh, thanks. We're for still listening. not on MySpace, unfortunately. Oh, so don't look my- for us there. Yeah. <laughs> don't ask Tom. <laughs> thanks for listening. <laughs> Bye, Spooky. Spooky Tuesday was created by Monica Height, Sydney Thompson, and Chelsea Duff, and edited by Sydney Thompson. Our gorgeously spooky tunes are all thanks to Tamara Simons, who you can follow on Instagram at Captain Tamara. And our podcast art is by Mary Murphy, who you can find on Instagram at the underscore moon underscore OMG. Are you mad? What are you implying? That Susan is a lesbian? No, but she's being dominated by a lesbian. <laughs>